Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Impossible Podcast. On today's show, I've got my good friend Jari Bolander. Jari's been a, p- a part of the Impossible community for a while now, and he's the author of The Entrepreneur's Ethos, where he went out and interviewed a bunch of different entrepreneurs about how to build a more ethical and resilient entrepreneur community. So if you're an entrepreneur looking to step your game up or someone looking to become an entrepreneur, This interview is going to show you the traits, values, and beliefs that you need as an entrepreneur and challenges you to step it up. So that's what today's interview is about. But before we get to that, I got a couple of announcements. First of all, if you're trying to start the new year and actually push your limits and do something uncomfortable, something new, and you want to make 2018 different, go ahead on over to impossiblechallenges.com and join our group. We've got a winter challenge going on right now cold shower therapy winter challenge we're practicing every single day to do something uncomfortable do something a little weird and take a cold shower throughout the winter so that's going on this winter we've got a awesome group over on impossiblechallenges.com that you can go check out join the community and practice on a daily basis uh, getting comfortable while doing something uncomfortable it's our cold shower therapy winter challenge check it out impossiblechallenges.com Also, if you haven't picked up your Impossible Gear yet, go head on over to impossiblegear.com and get your Impossible t-shirt, your Impossible hoodie. It's the best gear out there. And if you're looking for something to wear while knocking something off your Impossible list, it's a great reminder to keep pushing your limits and do something impossible. All right, that's all I've got for announcements this week, guys. Let's jump in to my interview with Jari Bolander. And we're live today, guys. I have Jari Bo- Bolander. I got that right this time. You did. Author, author of the Entrepreneur Ethos and creator of the Daily MBA. Jari, thanks for being here, man. I uh, really appreciate it, Joel. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. So uh, today we've been talking for a long time, um, and uh, wanted to talk. Uh, a little bit about your book, The Entrepreneur Ethos. And uh, if you want to give people a little bit of background on on who you are, and then we'll get into like, why, uh, why this book? Sure, sure. So uh, I'm a 20 year entrepreneur. I've been at six startups. Uh, the Entrepreneur Ethos is my fourth book. Uh, and I was inspired to write it uh, because of my late wife, Jane who passed away in April of 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was a female minority entrepreneur in the sports PR space, which meant that she was a publicist for professional athletes, among other things. And uh, we, um, we would talk a lot about her business and entrepreneurship. And one of the things that she would run into is the, you know, misogyny and sexism and, and racism, um, that was all over uh, the business world. And when I was thinking about, well, you know, I should, you know, write another book. What do I want to talk about? You know, what are some of the things that were really, um, interesting in me or interested to me, uh, to write about? I, uh, you know, was talking to her and then got into a, uh, accelerator program for the startup that I'm at called 500 Startups, which is this 
mm-hmm. preeminent um, accelerator. And what I saw there was that, you know, they are, they were really trying to be more inclusive, include more minorities and women founders. And what I started to see was that even though 500 is great at, you know, growth hacking and, you know, one metric that matters and all the external stuff about how to build a business, um, the thing that was sort of lacking was, well, what's the internal struggle? What's the internal compass that you need? What are the traits, values, and beliefs that like make our culture as an entrepreneur culture strong? And what I realized is that no one really wrote down like, well, this is what it is to be the top of the top entrepreneur and not just in revenue or how many exits you have, or, you know, if you're a unicorn or a, you know, unicentaur unicorn or whatever the heck you want to define success. It's more like, no, as a culture, you know, a lot of us do this job, this calling, this lifestyle, we're never going to be Uber, Lyft or whatever, you know, pick your favorite unicorn. Um, But we do it for a reason. And um, I just felt that it was really important to capture at least my thoughts and the thoughts of other entrepreneurs uh, as to what the culture is all about. And, and, you know, you uh, are in chapter one because <laughs> I did interview you for the book. Um, and so I'm going to embarrass you a little bit with this quote because I think this is probably the best way to start out the discussion on, you know, what it's like to be an entrepreneur, why we have to have a better culture. Um, and so here it goes. So Joel Runyon, CEO of Impossible, knows a thing or two about the struggle to work on things that matter and what it takes to keep creating. So here's Joel's quote. I feel that there is a grit or resilience factor that is needed to make an idea into reality. Anytime you create a product or service, it's something ambitious. It's important to get up and try new things along the way. Keep trying new and different things. Keep going when things are not going well, even when you don't want to. If you don't do that, you'll be beaten every time. And I mean, quotes like that, entrepreneurs like you and, you know, the 50 some odd ones I interviewed, you know, kept on coming back that the internal struggle, the internal ethos that we need to have as a culture needs to be written down, needs to, we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. We need to spread it far and wide and we need to help each other. And, you know, your, your quote, that's the reason why it's in chapter one, page three. (laughs) So um, I really appreciate that, that you took the time to do that, but also, you know, that sets the stage, right? Our internal struggle as entrepreneurs is something that really wanted, you know, motivated me to get out there and, and write this book, even when, when Jane was sick with her leukemia. Um, it was just one of those things that just had to be told. It's this, it's just had to be told. So, yeah, well, one of the things I, I, I like about it, it's not just your perspective. It's, uh, and, you know, I have a quote in there, but you said you interviewed about, 50 people yeah, for the book? Yeah, about 50 entrepreneurs, yeah. And then what was the, what was the, we'll, we'll get into some of the findings about it in a little bit, but what was the process for like going through interviewing all these different people and then kind of distilling that down and then putting that into, out in the world, into a book? Yeah, so uh, I had about 10 questions that I asked everyone um, and I don't remember them off the top of my head, but what, what I was trying to do was get at the the traits, values, and beliefs that each entrepreneur had. 
And I tried to get as diverse as I could. I tried to get in different industries, not just in tech, but in, you know, mainline industries like, you know, food services, hospitality, and try to understand the inner workings of, well, what is it that really is or what makes an entrepreneur tick? And and so as I went through the findings, um, you know, a lot of these themes started to um, emerge, like grit and resilience was one that a lot of people had. Discipline was another one that was, you know, a little bit like, well, discipline, what does that mean? Well, I mean, you can have, you know, all the – and the passion was another one, but the, the beautiful thing – about when you dig into the data and, and think about it. And then I did a lot of research on, you know, famous entrepreneurs and, and there's a lot of, you know, references in the book, you know, uh, case studies and, and whatnot about things that went right, things that went wrong. And what it kind of boiled down to was, was the ethos that, that's in the beginning of the book. But more importantly, the, there was a lot of these surprises, like the, the discipline to get up every day and make the hundred cold calls, the discipline to, you know, um, hit the deadline, the discipline to, you know, focus on doing the work instead of surfing the web. So those sort of things were just a real, really amazing. And, and I'm, I was just really happy and, and very thankful to everyone that contributed. And it's just the way I think, entrepreneurs should aspire to. I mean, it's an ethos for a reason. It's not ethics, which is the minimum. It's ethos. That's the maximum. Like, this is what an exemplar is. We should all strive to be the best. This is what the best looks like. And the best does not mean you're, you know, a billion-dollar company. That, that metric, there's no metric in there in, in this entire thing about successful raising money or whatnot. It's the lifestyle. It's the attitude. It's the culture. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that was important to me to get across. What was the, what was the breakdown of people you interviewed from startups to like venture, venture funded startups, bootstrapped, venture funded startups, solo entrepreneurs? What do you, do you know what your breakdown was between uh, the different types of entrepreneurs you interviewed? Yeah, I mean, I I interviewed a lot of my my friends from 500 startups, <laughs> so that would be venture backed startup, you know, in the growth hacking phase or the what's called the seed stage, you know, like they haven't really hit product market fit yet. Uh, there was a couple of solopreneurs, you know, like yourself. I, I guess you would be considered a solopreneur at least initially when you got stuff going. Now you're building products and building a team. Um, and I'm a, and you're seems to me you're you know you're bootstrapped as well as a bunch of other ones were bootstrapped, uh, and so I tried to get the the mix because you know a lot of times in in the press you see you know the entrepreneur that raised a couple million bucks from Sequoia or you know Uber's next you know three hundred million dollar round and what's Travis doing and you know. What's Reed Hoffman over at Netflix? You know what I mean? And you're kind of like, well, you know, that's great. But what about someone like me? Uh, so I, I really tried to, to put those, those, um, those real world experiences, those, I mean, to my, in my mind, the real entrepreneurs in the world. I mean, the real representative entrepreneurs. 
Now, if you you break it down between um, how many how many how many different uh, criteria did you ended up break breaking it down into? So I I I looked at the traits, values, and beliefs of mm-hmm. the entrepreneur culture based on the research, the interviews, and then the research I did. So, um, you know, a trait is some external thing that people see, you know, and that's important because a lot of times, you know, people look at an entrepreneur and they're like, oh, that guy's an entrepreneur because he, you know, he is, uh, has passion and he can solve problems and he's focused. And then there's, then there's the internal thing, like, you know, the values that, that, that we have. And that's more like, you know, internally, you know, I'm tenacious. I've got hustle. Um, you know, I like to learn, I've got integrity, you know, and then I'm independent. And then the beliefs, those are sort of the, the kind of the global guide star, lack, for lack of a better word. These kind of like the, the things that, you know, like everyone in a community uh, would believe, um, you know, the traits are what other people see. And then these beliefs are internal, like, um, self-belief in ourselves, being flexible, self-determination, our creativity, and being a visionary. Um, you know, those are things that within the entrepreneur culture, I mean, you, you know, you have to believe, <laughs> you have to believe in the vision. <laughs> if you're not, if you don't know where you're going, you're, you're one, you're never going to get there. And two, well, if you don't believe how the hell I'm some, you're going to convince some other person to fork over their hard-earned dollars, you know? So. So one of the things that I find, you know, from a, you know, there's a couple ways to read the book. One is as a, one is as an entrepreneur looking, as you said, to sort of what's the what's the very best, what's the ethos that I can aspire to. The other way is to read it as a, you know, a non-entrepreneur that's kind of looking at like how do you, how do you how do you become an entrepreneur? How do you how do you kind of build these values, traits, and beliefs uh, over time? And one of the things that I think kind of has permeated through impossible. And one of the things that I, I really believe is, you know, the, the beliefs sort of, you know, no, no matter, no matter where you're starting out with, or, you know, across these different industries, it kind of has to start with the beliefs of, of the entrepreneur and where their head is at. Um, and believing that the idea that you can go out into the world and go create something that no one else has ever created and build something that no one else has ever built, and someone's going to pay you for that. That's kind of an outlandish, ridiculous idea to even think about or even believe. And um, but that's kind of one of the core things of of becoming an entrepreneur or going out and trying entrepreneurship is is thinking that hey, you know, this crazy impossible thing, uh, no one else has ever successfully done it before. Or if they have, I'm going to do it way better than them. That I'm just going to you know, carve out a piece of the market, uh, that, that has to be like kind of part of the bedrock, like almost, almost before you, you build up anything else. Is that sort of one of the, some of the things, how did you find, I guess what I'm getting at is how did you find that the beliefs, values, and traits stacked on each other? Did you find that like beliefs derived from specific traits or that, uh, you know, things kind of built upon each other? Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a great insight. Uh and it it is first and foremost 
as an entrepreneur, uh, <laughs> the hardest job I think you can have. And there's other hard jobs and don't get me wrong. There's people that do amazing work and other things, but when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I mean, like you said, you're trying to change the status quo, which is just happily like bumping along, doing what it's doing. Yeah, I'll take beta and VHS and DVDs are great. Da, 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 da. And you decide, you know what? That's screwy. I am going to change everyone's opinion to go to streaming or to go to hailing a ride in a random person's car on my phone. Well, well, why don't we just, you know, taxis have been here forever, you know, whatever. And so what you end up thinking as an entrepreneur is first and foremost, there's a gotta be a better way. Like, you know, there's some pain or suffering that you're trying to alleviate. Um, and sometimes you don't know how to do that. But what I've, what I have found is that, you know, the, the traits, values, and beliefs, you know, they, they're all complementary, and, and, and entrepreneurs have various degrees of them. So you may not be the best visionary in the world, but you may have enough discipline to like beat your head against the wall with someone that has the vision and like, we're going that way. Okay. I'm going to grind on this until I get there. And so, um, what, what I was trying to get at when I, when I looked at all this is that ideally we'd all be high in all of these traits, values, and beliefs. I mean, we would have, you know, self-awareness and self-belief and optimism and, you know, all these sort of things. And it's kind of like um, one of the reasons it can be very important for venture-backed startups to have more than one founder uh, is because, you know, we all have flat spots. So if you're trying to rapidly grow a company – and you're flat on vision or you're flat on execution or, you know, you're, you know, you don't have a lot of grit. Hopefully your co-founder has that. And so it's, it's important that these all play together because, you know, some of it is, is very tactical. You know, it's very like nose to the grindstone, you know, it's how am I going to solve this problem today? How, what creative solution can I have? While others, you need to step back and be like, okay, well, where are we going? How am I going to get there? Is this really what I want to do? What what makes me think that I'm the one that's going to change the world? And so it's it's a it's this balance and 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 the nice the nice thing about having or being an entrepreneur is that you get to explore all of these things. And mm-hmm. once you're self-aware enough to know they may not be good in some of these things. Then, then you're like, oh, well, maybe I need to have more discipline. Like, like you know, you with the cold shower therapy, you know, and the stuff that you do. It's like that takes a lot of discipline to wake up and take a cold shower. I mean, you can say it, and you may have the passion to take a cold shower, but getting in, turning it on cold, and the discipline to sit there for however long it takes to freeze your, you know, <laughs> freeze your butt off. Um, uh, it's a whole other level, right? So. Yeah, it, it's a uh, they they overlap a little bit, and hopefully, you know, and they do complement each other. Uh, but in some cases, we may be weaker on some or stronger in others, and that's why, as a community, um, we need to help each other out. We need to be open and have honest dialogue, and realize it's not always sunny in startup land. And when we need help, we need to ask for help. I mean, you know, you can't just be like, yeah, I'm crushing it every day. It's like, no, no, you're not. 
<laughs> you can't be. <laughs> you know, even your you know even your thing when you were trying to do the seven 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 thing. You know, you got hurt. You had problems and challenges. It took you. It delayed you like what six months to a year, right? Yeah, over a year. Over a year, so. right? And most people would probably like, eh, I really don't want to do that. But you had the discipline and the tenacity and the grit to be like, okay, you know, plan plans are you know plans are meant to change, and boom, I'm gonna go you know get after it. So I think, yeah, you know, it, it it's they play together. And um, as you know, as you read through the book and start applying some of these things, and I and I have some ways to 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 increase you know these traits, values, and beliefs and, and reinforce them. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's a complimentary, I don't know. Um, I really Stack. like that. Yeah. And, but I really, and I also, um, I also talk about what's called an Oda loop, which is like a revelation to some. Um, mm-hmm. And that has been a really powerful can you framework. can you explain what Oda yeah, is? yeah yeah so uh <laughs> um it's funny because uh i actually uh was i heard was listening to a podcast and someone actually no i was at i was at um tim ferris's uh he was doing his book tour and oh i don't remember the name of the guy he was talking to but anyway he mentioned the guy that the oda loop is based on and basically it's um, it's this guy, John Boyd and Oda stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. And the reason why this is powerful for startups and for entrepreneurs is you are, as an entrepreneur, you are constantly in an Oda loop. There, there is, there is no other, um, I don't know, other than a fighter pilot. Cause this is where this comes from. Um, Captain Boyd was a fighter pilot, and he he wrote all of these papers on the best way to win in a in a in a dogfight, right? And his thing was the most important thing you can do is to is to go through this loop as fast as you can and adjust your um adjust to the challenges that you face. So entrepreneurs do this all the time. Oh. I got to zig and zag this way. Okay, redo it. They don't get stuck in a rut and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to fly faster. I'm just going to do this app or whatever, you know? And it is, it is, he found that the most successful dog fighters, pilots that, you know, that would win these dog fights were the ones that would go through this loop quickly and adjust their tactics. And his, his philosophy was, you know, the first one that can adjust to an error that someone else had is the one that's going to win. And the faster you can do that, then the faster you're going to win. So it's, uh, for an entrepreneur, it's, it's 100% what we do and, and and really, really fascinating how you have to do that or you're, you're just, you're doomed. Um, as far as, as far as, uh, you, you mentioned you have, uh, a couple exercises or a couple tools that people can use if they want to improve the various traits, values, or beliefs, um, or, you know, in the context of beliefs, changing those beliefs. Uh, what were the, maybe what were one or two of the tools um, or exercises that you've got for people who, you know, are in entrepreneurship, they're seeing that, you know, they're going through the book 
they're seeing, hey, maybe I'm deficient here, maybe I'm low here, uh, maybe I'm strong here. How can I, you know, make up for my deficiencies and uh, improve kind of my strengths? Do you have any, uh, you know, one or two top exercises that they can do as far as mitigating weakness and uh, improving strengths? Yeah, I mean, the f- the first exercise is in the first chapter about overcoming the status quo of the world. Um, and the first chapter deals with yourself. So all entrepreneurs face the battle within. The first and inf- first person you got to win against is you uh, because we are just a bundle of crazy sometimes, right? You know, we've got all of these weird, I mean, we do. I mean, you know, like, why would I, you know, why would I leave my comfy corporate job and go off and, ha- you know, cut my pay by a third and, you know, do you know, you you have the internal struggle and the internal struggle is real and it is the most important thing to get right uh, without really settling on yourself and figuring out the why you're doing it, which is the first exercise is why do you want to be an entrepreneur? What is the internal compass inside your, inside yourself that says this tough challenging, frustrating, low probability of success lifestyle is, yeah, sign me up. And it's a really powerful way to level set your attitude. And I go through in there, uh, it's actually a classic uh, classic problem-solving technique called the five whys. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people in manufacturing will know about the five whys. You, you basically ask why until you get down to you can't ask why anymore. And when it comes to why am I, why do I want to be an entrepreneur? You have to dig pretty deep. You may go farther than five or you may only go three. The number is not important. What's important is that you ask the question until you can't ask the question anymore. And if those whys, when you get down to the core of it, are related to status and praise and money and all those external things, um, you're going to have a tough time. And the reason is, is because those are fleeting and those are not up to you. 100% not up to you. You could work and have passion and work as hard as you can and no one may even care. You may put your stuff out in the world and no one will care. It's just like being an author. Authors have the same problem too. They work on their book, work on their book, work on their book, throw it out there. And then it's like, oh, no one cares. Well, yeah, well, maybe you didn't promote it right or maybe you didn't, you know what I mean? So that's, that's a big one. Um, the second one is, is what we just talked about, which is this Oda loop techno, um, technique, uh, excuse me. Um, and when you start to think this way and when you start to understand that, uh, the way to focus, and, and that's another important thing that, that entrepreneurs tend to lack, uh, or they can get defocused because there's so much going on. I mean, there's just a million things you could be doing, a thousand things. You're like, oh my God, ah, you know, pivot this, that, market, no one, you know, no, nothing's going on. Um, but the the real power of the of the Oda loop is that it is a awesome way to focus on what matters. Now, of course, entrepreneurship is not a dogfight to the death, right? It's just not. You know what? We, you know, things go sideways. The, the world is not going to end. I mean, really, no one's shooting at us. You know, it's an ego bruise. Okay, fine. You know, let's just put that aside. But to be able to focus on something 
make tangible change when you need to make tangible change and f- have that mentality allows you to reduce the frustrations that you have, look at things in a different way, and then start to build on maybe the discipline. Maybe you lack discipline. Well, one way to increase your discipline is to, you know, schedule time to do certain things. Make sure you're focused on the right thing. Because a lot of times discipline is not that you don't want to work. You may spin your wheels forever or you may work on the fun stuff and, you know, not not sit down and make the 100 cold calls or whatever. And so when you have the focus mentality through the OTA loop and then you start to you start to feel better about that, the rest, some of these things just happen. Like the discipline happens. You start believing more in yourself because as an entrepreneur, we're, we're, we're somewhat isolated. You know, we're a little awkward. You know, at cocktail parties, we talk about our minimum viable product and our metrics that matter and we're crushing it. And unless we're around a bunch of other entrepreneurs, they're like, look at us go, who the hell is this guy? I just wanted to talk about the Paul game, you know, like <laughs> who cares about whatever, right? So. I think those are the couple of things that are at least some of the things that are, that are how to improve. Yeah. Well, with the auto loop uh, specifically, like you're always just constantly checking back in with reality and you're always making these hypotheses about what are, you know, about your crazy idea that may or may not work. And then you're going out, testing it and getting immediate feedback. And the thing that I found that, typically hinders people is not actually getting the feedback, the putting something out there or doing something that isn't necessarily uh, even correlated with the business. It's, it, it might feel busy. It might feel good to get done, uh, but it's them avoiding the actual reality of getting feedback. And when you get feedback, if, no, if you put a product out and nobody buys it, uh, it's pretty good feedback that you d- didn't hit. Yeah, you did something wrong. Either you didn't have a good, you know, market fit. Uh, it, it wasn't what people were looking for. You had a, you know, a whole different idea of what you should do for marketing. Um, but constantly checking back in with reality and not deluding yourself into, oh, okay, I'm just building this thing, but I'm never going to show people until it's perfect. Uh, I found that attitude uh, really separates people that are, you know, willing to, you know, see if this thing's going to fly or if it's going to or if it's going to bomb. Um, going going back to what you said, you know, the first part of that question, I was curious when you have people doing the five, you know, the five whys in a row, is there something that you found? Uh, you, you mentioned all the, you know, the physical, the status stuff, uh, the fleeting things uh, aren't good bedrocks or good, aren't good foundations for the whys. Um, throughout the various author, uh, people that you interviewed, throughout the book, did you find a two or three common kind of why uh, bedrock foundations that people would come to? Yeah, um, that that uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a surprise, to be honest, uh, because, I mean, I didn't clarify it that way. I didn't, the question wasn't worded that way. But as mm-hmm. you sort of dig through, um, okay, well, you know, what's, what's, what's the real reason why these, um, these people are entrepreneurs. And the one that, the one thing that really, I think captured it the best was what, uh, Jason Cohen over at, uh, WP engine 
when I interviewed him, he, he's the CTO over there and he's just a great guy. He, he writes this blog or he used to write this blog. Well, maybe he still does called a smart bear. He still has it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and he just, his stuff's just like amazingly insightful and he's very quantitative, you know, he's just like loves data anyway. And, um, you know, we were, we were talking and, and I'm like, you know, he's done a couple of startups. WP engine is just on fire and it's just a great, I love it. I use it too. Um, it's, I was one of the early adopters of it. And he, he said something that was really very profound and, and, and he's like, you know, entrepreneurs do this to create an independent life for themselves that completes them. And I'm like, wow, that is pretty spot on from everyone I've talked to. They really do it because they like the freedom and the independence and they want to create something that's like, this is my life's work. This is what my gift to the world is. This is what I was put on this earth to do. And hmm. that was profound. I'm like, wow, that, I mean, you know, he's, you know, again, he's, he's thought about this a lot as well as I have. And, and I just thought that was just such a great quote. And in, in the people that I interviewed said that in various ways, some of them say, and you hear this all the time, Oh, I'm just unemployable. You know, like no one would hire me and I'm a complete lunatic. Yeah, no, people would hire you. It's just when you're working for someone else, you're not building something that completes you. You're yeah. building something that completes someone it, I've, else. Yeah, I've heard I've heard it saying like, you know, I'll work. I've done this before. Uh, you'll work 80 hours a week for yourself, but you <laughs> to avoid working 40 hours a week for someone else. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. And just the idea of having the uh, independence and autonomy and, you know, even if it's not like a lot of people talk about passion and they talk about, uh, you know, getting everything to, to be aligned. But I've, I've found that even just having the immediate control over your work that you get when you're an entrepreneur and you're making something and that your decisions have impact and that it's uh, it's very visceral. It's, it's, it's right out there. Some of those things are super important that you kind of get to reconnect with work, with creating stuff, with making things and uh, not always feeling like lost in the machine or, you know, just doing a, a rote role. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think as the 21st century starts to unfold, uh, one of the main skills that people are going to need to learn is the entrepreneurial mindset and skills that create new things. Cause I mean, you know, we're getting to the point where the monotonous work is going to be automated. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's just going to happen. And so now what are we going to do? Um, you know, part of the reason I wrote the book as well is because there's a lot of people that are interested in entrepreneurship and they tend to get the wrong impression of it. They look at all the great, the greats, which are awesome people, and don't really, you know, understand that those are just one or two examples of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. The, the rest of us who, you know, grind it out every day that, of course, we aspire to be get the huge exit and be famous or whatever, but that doesn't drive us. We, we're, you know, 
we know that those guys and gals are the 1% of the 1%. I mean, it's just like, you can't, <laughs> you know, just if you ever think you're going to get that way, you, you got to get lucky or you're delusional. So, and, and, and yeah, it, the, the independent life, the control of your time, the control of your labor, your creativity, your output, when that's yours, that is a very powerful thing. Yeah. I was going to, I'm glad you kind of took it there. Cause I was going to ask like, what, what do you see next? What's coming? Uh, you know, I, I, I sort of agree with the automation of everything. And I found, you know, one of the things that I've talked to people a lot about is becoming an entrepreneur, even in your day job, yeah. uh, finding ways to look at your day job as an entrepreneur. But, you know, now that you've kind of interviewed all these different people and you've kind of, you know, distilled the ethos into, uh, you know, these, these, uh, these traits, values, and beliefs, what is like the next step as far as uh, entrepreneurs both looking to kind of step their game up and, and non-entrepreneurs looking to kind of, hey, how can I, you know, add more of this into my life somewhere? Yeah, the, that that's that's a very insightful uh, observation because the next step, at least to me, that I feel that society has to take is we need to recognize that all of this disruption that's happening with automation and AI and you know the things that are going to make again these these jobs that can be automated go away those people that are going to lose those jobs need to be retrained and they need to be productive. I mean, I firmly believe that most people, well, I would say almost all people want to contribute in some way that their labor, what they do, they want to have an impact. They want to have some meaning in life. And the guy that, you know, drives the truck to, that delivers the milk or the eggs or whatever, he, he's got meaning. He, whatever that meaning may be, there is something that he wants to contribute. And we, as an entrepreneur culture, have to step it up and be more ethical so that we can be more resilient to the challenges of the 21st century. And I really feel strongly that we have, as a community, have not stepped up. And you can tell by all of the bad behavior that's going on. And that's that's just not going to fly. I mean, there are so many challenges to face and to solve. And there's so many creative people that don't have alphabets after their name that need to be engaged. They need to be trained. They need to be, you know, they need to be encouraged. I mean, it is funny, you know, all of the 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 greatest entrepreneurs that everyone touts is these are the apex. I mean, they all dropped out of college. I mean, of course they got into Harvard or Stanford, but they dropped out. And so you're kind of like, well, clearly you don't have to have an Ivy league education. Maybe you have, you know, to get in, but, and, and, and there's some false statistics on that. Of course, the more educated you are, you tend to have more opportunity. So, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, we got to open this up. And the only way we open up, being an entrepreneur and the lifestyle is to put forth what an entrepreneur is, the traits, values, and beliefs, the ethos, and as a culture, step our game up. We got to raise the bar. We got to hold a higher standard for our behavior, for our what we create, 
uh, how we interact with the world because it's an honor to be an entrepreneur. I mean, what other job <laughs> do you just like can have freedom to, I mean, you know, you got to sell stuff, but I mean, my God, I, this is the best job in the world if you're creative. I mean, mm -hmm. solving problems, no, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, but I think what's next is we need to step it up. There we go. Cool. Um, so as, uh, uh, I'll have a link to, uh, to the book in the show notes, but if people want to find out more about you, about the book, about, you know, overall taking this next step to step it up, uh, where can they find out more about you? Uh, so the book's available on Amazon, both ebook and in paperback. Uh, I blog over at thedailymba.com, which I've been doing for almost a decade. It seems <laughs> feels like a long time. Um, over on go. Twitter at the Daily MBA, so okay. you can reach me there. And then you know LinkedIn. I have a pretty unique name, so not many Jari Bolanders out there. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm looking forward to having more conversations like this and really getting out the the ethos the 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 the, the real the, the real reason why being an entrepreneur is this great thing is because we create the next thing i mean we are in no uncertain terms the creator of new innovative technologies and products that move the world forward and we have help. There's governments and investments, and we have investors. And but but that process of, you know, creating. I mean, we move things forward. That that's we are the ones that, that get rid of this. I mean, we like don't like the status quo. We want to change the world, and we are bold enough to do it. And you know, I every day try to live that way. But more importantly, Jane, you know, my late wife, she she inspired me and still inspires me to have a better, more optimistic outlook on what, what we're trying to do in the entrepreneur community. And more importantly, solve some of these challenges, both in the world and in our community so that we can be that change that we need to see. So, I'm just real excited to, you know, get after it, as Jocko would say, <laughs> what Jocko Willink would say. So I'm really, really thankful to be on the podcast and uh, hope to continue the conversation with you again and with your listeners. There we go. Awesome, man. Well, that's a that's the perfect place to wrap it. And uh, like I said, thanks for coming on the show. I uh, it's entrepreneur ethos guys. I will have link down below. It's a, it's a good book, whether you are an entrepreneur looking to step your game up or uh, someone looking to become more entrepreneurial in your life. So Jari, thanks for coming on the pod and, uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Joel. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, that's today's show. I hope it inspired you to think about ways to step your game up if you're an entrepreneur. And if you're not, hopefully it helps you think about the ways you can do it going forward. If you guys enjoyed the show, I'd love a review on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps a ton, and I appreciate it a lot. So leave a review, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Next week, I've got a special guest. Dr. Jordan B. Peterson is coming on the show. If you followed his work online or you've heard of him, you'll 
probably won't be surprised that I'm a huge fan of his. He fits right in with the impossible ethos of pushing your limits, becoming the hero of your own story, and as he likes to say, sorting yourself out. We're going to be talking about all that, but if you guys have a specific question you'd like me to ask him, tweet them at me, and I'll try to ask him live on the show. Speaking of Twitter, if you guys want to keep up with me in between shows, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joel Runyon. You can also follow Everything Impossible on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Impossible HQ. So that's Impossible and HQ as in headquarters. A quick reminder that we've got a winter cold shower therapy challenge going on at impossiblechallenges.com where you can come practice getting comfortable being uncomfortable by taking a freezing cold shower every morning. It sounds weird, but it's life-changing. Impossiblechallenges.com. It's got a lot more information, so check it out. Also, as always, if you need something to wear during your next Impossible Challenge, check out impossiblegear.com. Shirts, sweatshirts, and the best gear to help you push your limits. They don't just look good and feel great, but they actually, and I have to warn you about this, they might cause you to deadlift your car. True story. That's that. That's a true story that I just made up. So check it out, impossiblegear.com. Get your gear and go push your limits. All right, guys, that is it for the show. I will see you next week with Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. But until then, keep on pushing your limits and do something impossible. <laughs> <laughs>